Hi there, welcome back to Let's Talk Tottenham solo, flying solo this week, or this episode. Uh, so obviously we've finished the season now, a uh, little bit delayed, had stuff to do, so apologies for the uh, literally dozens of listeners. Um, so yeah, so season's ended, we got what we needed against uh, Palace to secure Europa League. Um, so not ideal, we won the Champions League obviously, but uh, at least we've achieved that target so we're still in Europe next season uh, and it's another competition to win and if you do, get you into the Champions League. Uh, also allows us to blood a few youngsters in in the early rounds. Um, so talk about that, transfer rumours are now coming coming and going uh, you know, like crazy like they always do. Uh, so talk about that and who, what I think we need going forward for next season. So let's talk Tottenham. So the Palace game uh, finished the season now. Uh, we got what we needed from it. It was a god awful game, really. But I think there's a lot more of that to come, which I'll explain a little bit later on. I've got a theory on that. But in terms of what we needed to do, we needed to uh, better Wolves' result. They got beaten by Chelsea, as we know, um, and. Us getting a draw meant that we were in the Europa League. I'm quite pleased that we're in the Europa League. Obviously, I'd prefer Champions League. I think any anyone would. But Europa League is another competition that we can win. Jose has won it before. Keeps us in Europe. And you win it, you get into the Champions League. So, I think it's a good thing. And, and certainly the group stages, if we get like lesser teams, no disrespect to those, but lesser teams, it gives Jose the opportunity to blood a few youngsters in. Uh, keep uh, some of the uh, more experienced players fresh for the, the league game the following weekend. Uh, so I, I think it's a good thing, obviously. Hopefully it's just a one-off season and we can get back into the Champions League. Uh, and hopefully next season we can actually win something as well. So uh, I, I felt sorry for Sanchez. Um, Obviously, Dyer came in to play alongside Alderweireld. Um, but Sanchez, I don't think, has done too much wrong in the four games that Dyer's been suspended. And he gets dropped. So I, I think that's a, a sign that uh, Dyer is one of uh, Jose's mate, uh, uh, first choice defenders. And it's who partners him. Uh, but I, I didn't think Sanchez did too bad. I, I think it definitely helped with uh, Alderweireld there. Um, Next to him, uh, Will with Dyer as well. Uh, but yeah, so we've obviously lost one, which uh, I have to mention for Tongan. Uh, eight years at the club, uh, left now on a free at age 33. I think he'll probably go back to Belgium. Uh, but a brilliant servant for the, for the club and, and was part of one of the players of the, of the best defence in the league for a season or two. Definitely one season, so... Yeah, he'll he'll be missed. I'm sure he'll be missed in the changing room and the dressing room with the players and on the on the training pitch. Uh, he said it felt like a family. I think he said. Um, so yeah, so it'll be he'll he'll miss it, and I'm sure the players and staff and and will miss him along with the fans. But I, I think it's the right decision. I think his legs had gone a little bit. So in terms of pace, he, he'd lost a little bit there, uh, and you know. He wasn't, as you know, fairly obvious, he wasn't one of the Jose's uh, top picks for central defence. Uh, and, you know, he's only 33, so he's still got a lot of football that he can play, so he's obviously left to get that elsewhere. But a brilliant servant to the club and, and you know, 
hopefully what will happen once the crowds are allowed back in, he can come back and then uh, have a testimonial for him on that after 10 years. But like, or at the very least in one of our games when he's not doing anything, he's the half-time guest and he can have a send-off that way because he deserves a send-off. Uh, Vorm as well. Um, I know he's been third choice and he's made a few mistakes, but let's not forget that I think it was a season where we went undefeated at home. Lovis got injured uh, and uh, he came in and did a really good job. I remember one game against Liverpool, one all at home when Mane was terrorising us, but he made quite a few saves in that. So he, even though he's not had much game time this season and last season, and he's made a few mistakes, certainly this season against Norwich in the Cup. Uh, I, I think he's been a good good uh, player for us in, in what he did. So two that have gone, I, I would assume with Vaughan gone, that means that one of the, the third choice goalkeeper is going to be one of the guys from the uh, uh, youth team. I'm assuming Whiteman, uh, Alfie Whiteman. It might be Brandon Austin. Uh, I'm not sure, I, but I'd imagine that one of those is the third choice. With Gazaniga was number two, and Lawrence is number one. Um, but yeah, so but back back to the game. So the rest of the team is exactly the same. So again, I I, I think without any transfers, Mourinho's found what he regards as his best team. Uh, so it was good to get some continuity there and and everything like that. But yeah. The issue that I have is that there's going to be a lot of these boring games because I think Arsenal attacked us, Newcastle, they were at home, so they attacked us, Leicester don't know anything else, so they attacked us, and that's where our counter-attack play makes us look fairly devastating and dangerous. Palace, you know, their form of attack is give it to Zaha, but even when he got the ball, they weren't committing too many people forward. And, you know, they were getting back into shape quickly and and... and yeah, not committing too much. So, I think against the teams who sit back against us without a playmaker like an Ericsson type player, I really think we're going to struggle to, to break teams down. Um, we haven't got an Ericsson type player. Lacelso tried, but his passing just isn't up to Ericsson's standard. I know Ericsson played poorly this season and, and end of last season, but he was still he still created eight assists this season and was still creating chances. Um, so yeah, so I think against the weaker team, I think that's why I, I, yeah, Mark asked me a few podcasts ago who who, who I'd see as a marquee signer. Coutinho for me, he can do the Ericsson job, and he's got a range of passing. And I think if we can get him, then we can break teams down a lot easier. But we we haven't got that playmaker to give the ball quickly to someone like a son, and and son as well for some reason. He's not looked anywhere near what you expect from Sunner. Certainly in the Palace game, pretty much every time he got the ball, he had his back to goal. And that, I don't think, is a Sun decision. I think that's a Jose decision. But you know, Sun will know that it, the way that he plays best is uh, facing up to the defender, try and get him one-on-one -on -one and skin him, and then use his uh, skills, quick feet and everything, and pace to do some damage but back to goal all the time and you just don't get the best out of him that way and that that's slightly worrying as well because um, you know if you're a defender and you're playing against Sun and then all game he's got his back to goal you'd be delighted you know 
you go into that game thinking, oh God, I'm up against Sun here. He's going to run at me the first chance he gets. And I'm going to have to do well on that one, otherwise he's going to have me on toast. And he's got his back to go the whole game. You'd be absolutely delighted. So I don't, I don't know why Jose was playing with him that way. Um, but that's slightly worrying for me. Um, but anyway, um, we got lucky in this game. We, we Again, we, create, we conceded a lot of chances. Um, but yeah, there were, there were points again where Mora was looking for Kane, so he gets the ball, runs with it, and his first thought is to look for Kane. So they seem to have struck up a bit of a partnership there. Um, but yeah, the, the goal, though, I mean, the goal is what happens when you get a fully confident Kane and you get the ball into the box to him. Like, at the very, very least in that form, he hits the target, makes the keeper work. But the, the quick feet he showed... Well, the kind of quick feet he had in those two seasons where he was just on fire in the league and scoring goals for fun. And, and I think he scored the most amount of goals in the calendar year in the Premier League and then I think the most amount of goals in, out of anyone in Europe for that calendar year, even more with Messi and Ronaldo. And that, that's the kind of form we need Harry in and the confidence we need Harry in. Um, but I think Davies deserves a massive... Uh, Pat on the back for his part in the goal as well. Townsend obviously cleared it from down the end, but how many times have you seen the, the attacker, in this case Davies, foul the guy who's got to clear it and, and give away a cheap foul and let them off the hook? But he didn't. He, he, he put pressure on him and then we won the second ball. So Dyer went with someone else. I can't remember who it was. So almost a clash of heads, but it, it fell to Sun. And his touch as well was pretty off all game, I thought. But luckily here, he got a lucky ricochet, fell to the Celso. I said his passing wasn't that good. It was for this one, but it was only a 10-metre pass. The passing I'm talking about is the 50-yard switch play pass and the through balls and vision that, you know, even on TV you don't see. But puts it into Kane, uh, brilliant touch. And then just it was one of them ones that you, you've seen it time and time again from Kane and other players as well, literally left foot, right foot, almost in one fluid motion. And you know the keeper doesn't have time to set himself. The defender doesn't know which way he's going. Defender, like I said, goalkeeper doesn't have time to set himself. And before he even knows what's happening, it's in the back of the net. Um, but yeah, if he keeps getting chances, Kane, it's slightly annoying that the season's come to an end when he's been five goals in three. Um, but he should hopefully be fit. It's only six weeks off. Uh, I would imagine there'll be some pre-season games, a couple here or there. They won't need the full quota of pre-season games because, you know, they pretty much had it in, in the start of this lot, uh, the restart. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, if we can get the ball into the box with Kane and keep doing it, he'll score a hat full of goals if he's on this form and stays injury-free. I mean, you, you, you know, the Leicester goal, the second Leicester goal was just... Again, at his best, very reminiscent of the goal he scored in, against Arsenal, two-all draw. And just, you know, you, you know sh shots like that, only the confident players take shots on like that. You see strikers, when they're not confident, they'll always look to pass it off to someone, try and score a tap-in. So confident Harry Kane shoots from anywhere and nine times out of ten it goes on target. And a lot of those nine times it goes in. Yeah, but straight away, again, headers from corners and crosses. We seem to struggle with this defence. You know, you've got Alderville, who's good in the air. Dyer, hmm, I think Sanchez is better in the air. 
But I mean, it's just all the time we're giving away silly fouls, corners then come in and, and the free kicks come in and we lose the header every time. Like MacArthur had a free header from a corner, but like Aurea there is just stood there just looking at it, doesn't even challenge. It's just pouring your risk on in the lead there. And, you know, we're playing lots of silly passes in dangerous areas, but whether that's a Mourinho thing or the players think it's okay, I have no idea. And, yeah, one of the things that did annoy me was Zaha. He literally thinks he gets fouled or does get fouled. He literally gives up, sits down, shaking his head and all that. Where you look at Grealish, he's fouled most fouled player in the Premier League this season, just gets on with it. But, I do have to say that Zaha should have had a free kick and then, you know, Sissoko was quite lucky, I think, not to get certainly a yellow card, maybe even a red, for the, the cynical push on him when he was racing through. Uh, it, it was a free kick. It looked, he fell over in the penalty area because of his momentum, but it was a stupid thing for uh, Sissoko to do. But again, like, you know, where's his VAR? Like, the referees gets it wrong, but, you know, it's in real time. It's a long way away. It wasn't like the... the most ridiculous push you've ever seen, but the pace that Zaha was running it was enough to knock him off balance, and it was a foul. But where's VAR looking at that? You can clearly see he's pushed him, and it should have been a free kick, and then a yellow card, possibly even a red, because he well, there would have been someone behind, so it probably wasn't a last man. But but yeah, and then Aurea did well against him, where you know he, he's got the ball, Zaha, he's kind of going backwards, backwards, and then a. Uh, Aurea fouls him, niggles him, and they were trying to wind him up, I think, Zaha. And there, there was, there was a, a, a couple of minute period where I thought, hey, he's going to get wound up here and then do something silly. Or it could work in the opposite thing. He gets annoyed and then he does as a moment of brilliance like he did against Chelsea. Um, but yeah. Um, and, you know, another chance from a corner, luckily straight at Loris. But, I mean, that's something that's got to be addressed. Yeah, because te teams will see that. You know, like, like teams will see, well, they, they're good against uh, uh, if we attack. So if we sit back, they won't create as much. They'll also see they struggle with corners and free kicks. And, and they'll work on that in training. And they, they'll play for the silly fouls that we give away, like in crossing areas. They'll, they'll take corners and, you know, every team generally gets a corner per game. And, you know, teams will target that. So we've got to sort that out. And based on that Mourinho is a, a manager that's uh, almost famed for his good defence, it's just not like a Mourinho team at all in terms of crosses and, and conceding goals, left, right and chances, left, right and centre from corners and crosses. But, yeah. And then Morvo as well, he's one of those, he's not like a Bale where you know Bale's going to do something good each game and generally something happens when Bale does something, gets the ball. But like, he's taking it upon himself more, but there's nothing on, so he's gone for a run and, and you know done brilliantly to get in the box. Slightly heavy touch of the keepers come out, but then Harry Kane has to gamble that Morvo will get there first and get across in. And if he does that, he's got like a one-yard tap in, but... They all just stay still, thinking, oh, he won't he won't get through. But it's a brilliant run by Moore, and it deserved a goal. But, you know, but, you know, I said the other week uh, after the Newcastle game that, you know, Kane was in the right place, right time, and generally when you're confident, 
as a striker, you get in the right place at the right time. And then also, I think, when, when you're confident as a striker, you gamble more. And he just didn't. I don't know why he didn't. He just, you know, but it didn't matter, I guess. But And that was really the first half. Second half, out of the field, out of header from a corner, which was unlucky. Uh, and then, you know, lovely turn by Morva to get give a yellow card for the left back. But then, again, what I don't understand, and I said this on previous episodes, I think, to Mark, I'll never understand why when the left back gets a booking or the right back gets a booking because the winger's been fouled, just give it to that winger and get them to run constantly at that left back. Because, you know, you either fouls you again, gets sent off, and you've got the man advantage, or he knows he's on a yellow, can't touch you, so it's almost free reign to go past him if you, 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 you knock it past him. But we, you know, no one does it. You know, it does happen every now and then, but not at the regularity that it should. And then, Lacelso, I, I was disappointed with him in this game, and, and you know, he, he was very slow, and it's always backwards. He, he's fast on the counter, but he needs to be quicker in normal play. And you know, the area that he's playing, he looks to be the Ericsson replacement. But so you know, he could come back from the 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 end of season here and then be a completely different player and work on that but at the moment he doesn't whereas Winks he always looks to play forward but he Winks plays that long 50 yard ball but it's looped and, and high so it's and slow so it's easy to uh, defend against if you see that coming whereas the Ericsson ball which a lot of players do like Skulls it was brilliant at it it's, it's that fizzer that low fizzer 50 yards and, and there's not time for the uh, defender to react before it gets to to the destination. So, you know, and always playing backwards, but again, that might be a Mourinho thing, so I might be being a little bit harsh, but it's just, it, it's fine when we're playing on the count on teams who are attacking us, like Leicester did, and we pick them off. But when you've got teams who are sitting back, certainly that will happen at White, uh, uh, whatever the new stadium is, Tottenham Stadium. And certainly the lesser teams, they'll sit back, Teams like Man City will attack us, so we'll have chances to counter-attack there. But we've got to find a way to break teams down, and that was a problem we had years and years ago, like under the Redknapp era and AVB era. But like Pochettino kind of sorted that out, and we batter teams 4-0, 5-0. But I think Ericsson was the key there, not 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 just Ericsson, but his position and his, you know the type of player he was. Um. But yeah, so I think the Celso. But I'm not sure we've got a player other than him who could play that role, Undumbele. But no, I mean, what is happening to him? We'll talk about him a bit later on in the second part. But yeah, Winks, he, he can't play that fizzable. The Mella just doesn't see the pass early enough. Ali, same, and, and he's not as good on the ball. But I, I think, you know. That, that's one of the areas, we'll talk about transfers in the second part as well, and that's one of the main areas that I'd be looking to address. Uh, and then it went on again, another goal conceded from a corner, and then they concede the goal. And it was a completely free header by Dan, who causes problems in the air all day. Completely free header. And then it goes to I, who's completely unmarked. And then, you know, we had chances to clear it, and, and you know, and just pissing about with it, giving them, you know, 
You had the header from uh, Dan, which wasn't a chance, but he set up Ayu. He had the chance, and it goes to Schlupp, who, who then has a chance completely unmarked again and puts it in. And it had been a warning for all game that was going to happen. But, you know, it must be zonal marking. It must be zonal marking, because if it was man marking, you'd always have the same person who's missing the header or not challenging, and it's always someone different. So it must be zonal. But but it's worked for Mourinho, whatever he does with defence in the past. I just think it's something that needs to be worked on. And, you know, and they, that, that then got them on the up. We were just lucky that there wasn't any crowd there who they'd have really been on the up. You know, so we needed to concentrate and ride it out. But again, another corner, another header for Dan. Uh, and it's just a constant theme. And it's been a theme in all of the games since the restart, really. Apart from Man United and West Ham. Man United don't really cross it and West Ham didn't really have any chances. But certainly other games like Leicester. Well... It possibly is even those games, but like there's been a lot of games since the restart where it's been right. Well, okay, crosses. We're not looking good here. Uh, Morva then had a, had a had an effort. It was it was good technique. Just wide. He should have aimed for far post on the volley. So we're getting chances here or there. But you know, gone are the days I think where we play the weaker teams at home or away and just batter them and get seventy odd percent possession or sixty percent possession, and you know our chances will dwarf theirs like almost four four to one. I think those days are gone. I think that you know, Leicester, Leicester game they had a lot of chances compared to us, but it's like a, a, almost a false stat that because there weren't that many clear cut chances. They were like long range speculative efforts, which you'd expect someone to either get in the way or the shot to go wayward or Lois to have it scouted and sorted out, which is what happened. Uh, but from headers and, and corners and free kicks. Uh, eventually, if you keep conceding them, the chances that they're going to get a goal, and that's what happened here. And we were lucky that we didn't concede another one. Um, but yeah, Delhi then comes on, literally did nothing. Like I said, we'll, we'll talk about him in the second half. And and crossing again, we get into the crossing areas like oh yeah, and it's been awful. Generally, pretty awful. Apart from Bergvine's uh, cross to Kane, which he had all the time in the world to pick him out, and he stuck it right on his head for making an easy chance. I can't remember a good cross going in, really. And on had the one against Bournemouth, which was just too far in front of Kane. But, yeah, I mean, that was the game. And, and yeah, it's just... It's lucky as well that Palace didn't really have anything to play for. If they were in a relegation scrap or if they were going for Europe or, or something like that, then their tails would have really been up and we'd have been in trouble. And again, if the fans were there, they'd have really got behind the team and would have been potentially struggling. So I, I just think he needs to address that defensive part. In normal play, I think the defence looks quite good. I think we look solid. I definitely think we need a, a defensive midfielder in front. We'll get onto that in the second half when we talk about transfers. But crossing, I, I can't remember a time in the last five, six years where we've looked so bad whenever a cross comes in. And, and you think you've got out of Ill there, who's, who's the leader there in the defence, who's pretty good in the air. Sanchez, pretty good in the air. 
Dyer is not too bad. And yet we're just getting a, a bullied and, and conceding chances from these crosses every single time they come in. And Leicester game as well, I think we scored the first goal and then straight after, Vardy had a free header, but he's, he's bloomed that over. But again, it's just, we need to sort that out. Righty, so that's the game talked about. So we'll have a little break now and go on to other issues, transfers and a few player stuff and, and, and just coming in and out and other rumours that I've heard. Um, and back in a bit. And we're back. Uh, so that was the game. So like, like I say, uh, very boring. Um, but yeah, and... I, like, like I said, my, my viewpoint is that without an Ericsson type player, and yeah, anyone who knows me knows I was a big Ericsson fan, so you, know, you might call me a fanboy, I guess, but I think those kind of players are, are, are massively important. Liverpool don't really have one, they're the one off, but you look at Man City, De Bruyne, Silva, well, not, not anymore Silva for next season, but Foden, Man United, Fernandes completely changed them and completely, you know. Moved them up. Uh, Chelsea, Pulisic now. Leicester with Madison. And, went, you know, it's no surprise to me that when he got injured, their form completely dipped. You yeah. know? And, and, yeah. Oh, I think they're massively important. <laughs> there were rumours that Inter Milan were after Andombele. So there were people asking on uh, on Twitter, uh, who would you get in, in, replay, in, in, as a, in a swap and money? <laughs> My answer would be Ericsson. I know it's a contentious thing, but you know, obviously, if he didn't want to come or his heart wasn't in it, then you wouldn't. I wouldn't get him. But if, if I, think, I think he must, he must have seen now that you know it's a perfect example of him. The grass isn't always green on the other side, and he should have stayed. But I think he wanted to go to Real Madrid, and like I said at the time, even though he's a great player, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's good enough for them. But he, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have gone. I don't think. Um, but he has, but anyway. But there's a defender that's uh, apparently highly rated, very similar to Vertonghen, I can't remember his name, um, from Inter. So he, he was one that uh, was highly sought after. But then I, I'm assuming that that would be a replacement long term for Alderweireld. I don't know how old he is, but like, you know, so I think Dyer is a, a, one of Mourinho's first choice. I think Sanchez is probably third now, and then Alderville either joint first or second. Um, and then you've got fourth to come back, which whether he goes on loan or anywhere, I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, uh, one that isn't a rumour, I don't think, anyway, is, is Troy Powell going on loan to Millwall, which I think is a brilliant move for him. Uh, you know, he's not going to get game time here unless Kane gets massively injured, and even then, as we saw last season, it's not a guarantee. So I think playing for Millwall, he'll definitely get game time there. And, and you know, it didn't work out too badly for Kane going there. With it, you know, you, you have to tough up there if the crowd get on your back, and that's what happened to Kane. Big props to Sherwood for that for making sure he stayed there when Redknapp was talking talk about bringing him back. Um, but yeah, so hopefully Power can score some goals in the Championship, and then you know, Mourinho will be looking at that. He'll be keeping an eye on that. So if he if he plays well there, you know, Mourinho may be, uh, okay, maybe he is ready now. And then he'll get some game time in the following season. 
Um, but I think that's a brilliant move. Uh, but then that obviously then opens up. We don't have a second striker unless you class Son as the second striker, which we didn't do too badly in previous seasons when Kane got injured and Son played up there. Uh, but one of the rumours that I saw was £10 million for Callum Wilson from Bournemouth, which I think would be an absolute steal when you consider he, he was being linked with moves to Chelsea for about £50, £60 million not that long ago. You know, he's quick. He's good in the air. He's got a good eye for goal, Premier League experience. It'd be a fantastic, you know, and what it does is, it, you know, he's different to Kane. So it's a plan B. But, you know, the old age thing, like we play one striker, really. Is he going to be happy sat on the bench for the most part? But then you look at Europa League, if we go a long way in that and, and have a good cut run, you can end up, look at Wolves, you have like 60 games in the season. So, you know, even if Kane stays fully fit all season, he can't play 60 games. So if you play 60 games, you know, Callum Wilson will get back at least 20, I'd say. So it wouldn't be, you know, completely frustrating. You're sat on the bench and come on in other games where we're losing or need something else. So I think that would be an absolute brilliant signing. One of the other rumours that's come out today is Dini, which I'd have him as well. I think he's a very underrated, I think. I think he's a leader in the dressing room. He's good at galvanising his team. Yeah, he didn't do it with Watford at the end. Um, but, you know, you sack the manager and then what do you expect? But So I, I think both of those would be a good signing. They'd be cheap. You know, and you get these people who say, uh, you know, oh, they're not big name signings. We're, we're really like, you know, it's it's not good from the club. It's not showing enough ambition. It's just, you know, Delhi Alley was in League One. He hadn't worked out too bad. You know, you know we showed ambition with uh, Ndombele, who was one of the most sought after players in, in world football. And, you know, it doesn't always work out. You get by top, top players. They sometimes take time to adjust, which I think is Ndombele's issue. Um, is it takes time to adjust and, you know, and sometimes it just flat out doesn't work out. Like, you know, I've said before, Dennis Bergkamp took about a year to work out and then look how good he turned out. But then you get people like Vavon, who was really highly rated, just never worked out. Same with Diego Forlan. You know, whereas Callum Wilson, Troy Deeney, experience in the Premier League, they know the Premier League. And what would also help with Deeney, well, Deeney might not work out in the sense that we won't have the ball that much, but we do hit it up high for the striker to hold up, and he is brilliant at that compared to Kane. Look, I love Kane, but his big weakness for me is hold-up play, whereas Deeney would sort that out, I think Wilson as well. So you'd be able to play to that. And being that he's playing 4-4-2 at the moment, you could maybe drop Sun to, to the winger and then that you know frees him up to play like he should be playing, facing up. And then you can have, a, you know, you, you can have a Dini with his back to goal because he can be the hold-up player. Look, look at Emil Heskey. I know he didn't score that many goals. And, and you know, although he, he, he got given a bit of a rough ride. He, he was a brilliant player and people like Michael Owen would have loved playing with him. But you know, he, he he played most of the time with his back to goal. He was there holding it up. And people like Owen and then Gerard from deep would run off him when he's got the ball and then he'd put them through. And you know it, so I, I think Dini Dini more so than Wilson, 
I think would be fantastic at that. But Wilson, I think, can do it, and he's got pace as well, and he's uh, younger as well. But I, I saw the Deeney thing would be a year loan, and it's just just buy him. Don't don't get his loan. But I think both of those would be would be very good. It's a brilliant move that Parrot's gone on loan. Um, but yeah, Delhi comes back in a little cameo. Literally does nothing. Difficult in a game that's really boring, petering out. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. But I've said before, and I'll say it again, I think next season is make or break in terms of his Tottenham career, I think. And I don't think he works in the Jose uh, uh, system. I think our game now, as we've seen, is is, is based on counter-attack, soaking pressure up and then counter-attacking. And he's not good on the ball. And he's not quick. He could maybe play the uh, the Celso counter-attack role where he makes the unselfish run and off the ball because that's where Ali, I think, is better. Off the ball, making the runs. But again, I think, going back to Ericsson, I think losing Ericsson has hit him one of the hardest because I think Ericsson playing in that number 10 role, like I've said before, and then being able to have a free role and go wherever creates a massive space. And Ali's then able to ghost in there and run in there. And, and, you know, that's where he was dangerous. And it, it also was the fact that, you know, he was an unknown thing. He was an unknown player. So people didn't really know what his game was about. Um, and then also complacency as well. I was silly about Aurea. I'll say about Ali. Like at, at the time last season, Ali was always in the team and, and the start of this season as well. So I think he got complacent thinking, well, I'll never be dropped. Same with Aurea, whereas he won't be dropped because I don't think there's anyone to replace him, really. Um, I, I, like I said, I think Bergvine starting off well and now more of a playing well, Sun being Sun, I think is good for Ali because it means that, OK, I have to work hard to get back into this team. I don't think he had that kind of level of competition before. Uh, but he, he needs to improve. Like It's all very well doing all these fancy flicks. And then they, when they come off, they look great. But, you know, if you can't pass the ball five metres, you can't do the basics like that. You shouldn't be pissing around doing flicks. You're getting the basics right and being able to pass the football, which is one of the key, key aspects of, of playing football is being able to pass to your teammate. And he couldn't do that. And I think that's just, again, arrogance maybe. Like, you know, I'll never be dropped. It's fine. So I think it, it's going to be a big six weeks for him to, like, you know, Get, get to fitness and, and you know, sharpen up. Uh, and I think a big, big season next season. The season the season will start and he won't be in the team. Because so I think now, you know, either Jose will buy players in to come into the team or, we you know, we won't buy anyone, which I think will be an absolute travesty again. And like, it just shows that Levy has not learned from his mistakes. But, so if that happens, then I still don't think Ali will come in because I think he's got his top 11 there when all fully fit and it's up to the players that aren't in that 11 to force their way in I think Ali's one of them but I, I hope he stays but then if we got offered like 80 million from now I think I'd probably take it because you know it's not like you know if you got offered 150 million for Kane would you take it no because we'd have to buy another brilliant striker and it's one of our proper proper key components in the team Going out with Ali isn't in the team at the moment. 
So therefore, 80 million for him, I think I'd take it begrudgingly a little bit because I do like Ali. I think he's got a lot to offer. It's just maybe the system isn't working for him. It's, it's not suited to him. It's taken him a little time to adjust. He's got complacent and he's got to refocus. Um, so yeah, so if he got offered 80 million, I'd take it, but I, I don't think he's worth 80 million. He's been pretty poor for a while, so I think his stock has really dropped there. Uh, Undon Vele is the other one, looking to sell him. Again, like I wouldn't want to sell him because I still think he'll come good and I think he could be one that if we sold him, we'd live to regret that because he'd go somewhere else and then he'd tear that league up and, and, and you know we'd be like, oh, okay, we had that plan, we'd let him go. But at the same time, I, I, again, I don't think he fits in the Jose model because his midfield is, is built upon uh, discipline. So you look at us, we're soaking pressure up so it rely, and breaking quickly. So it relies on us breaking quickly, yes, but then getting back sharpish and getting back into, into the shape. But there's nothing to me to suggest that he's got that fitness level or that desire based on, I think it was the Burnley game where he just looked so disinterested. And people said he was injured, but if he was injured, he wouldn't have been playing. So, you know, he had a knock and he's probably had an injection or whatever they use. But he just didn't look interested, and I don't think he fits Mourinho's system there. So again, I, I wouldn't personally sell him because I think he will come good and we'll live to regret it. But if we got offered sixty million or our money back, I probably would begrudgingly again. Uh, you, you look at Liverpool; they sold one of their best players, Coutinho, and they basically won the league because of it. A few years later, by buying sensibly. Um. But yeah, one of the players I would like to go for, which is so annoying because we fucking had him and Levy can't pay an extra three million when he's paying twenty-two. We had him for essentially a cup price. Is Grealish? I think struggling for Villa, but I think with us, it, 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 for a better team, he'd um, really come through. And you know, he can run with the ball, he can see a pass, so he, he can do the Ericsson stuff and the Lacelso stuff. Lacelso can run with the ball, Ericsson can see a pass and ping that pass on, Grealish can do both. He'd win us free kicks, you know, you, you look at the Arsenal game, out of the field in the air, scoring from a, uh, was it a free kick or a corner? I can't remember now. It was a corner, wasn't it? You know, but essentially free kicks are the same if you get them in the right area. And yeah, we had him for 25 million and he refused to pay him more than 22. So we should have had him by now. I think the only issue with that, with him, is that Villa stayed up. I think if Villa had gone down, he would have left I'm not sure he'll leave now. And, and I read that Villa are going to have a hundred million pound transfer kitty, so I think he'll definitely stay now, unless they accept an offer because they get something astronomical in for him. But we had him two seasons ago, and Levy messed it up. And that's why I said previously on previous episodes, he does back the manager in the sense that he gives them money. He doesn't back the manager because he doesn't get the players that they want. You know. Pochettino, I think, said, I want Grealish, and then he had to negotiate, and then he basically pissed off Villa, and they said no, and we had him, and then Pochettino's left frustrated not getting the player he wants. And, yeah, Hoiberg as well, we should have had him by now. Really, you've got, you got six weeks until the season starts, you really want to get your players in, integrated into the team setup, and and you know, and, and socially uh, interacting with all the players and everything like that. And then, you know, learn the system that Jose's going to play. And then come 12th of September, 
they're all integrated they're all you know they're all uh, confident with what they're doing you know but you know the, the transfer window closes in October doesn't it so you're going to be playing some games before the window's closed and so we'll do what we always do we won't get the players in early and then we'll get players in after a few months a few weeks of the season when we've already lost ground and it's just so fucking stupid just get them in now you, 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 you know Mourinho wants Hoiberg go get him don't piss around with it don't try and like you know oh I can get a bit of money off here and there you know just pay it and and you know, same with with uh, Wilson and Dini. If there's any truth to these rumours that we we get get him, Coutinho as well. I think Coutinho would be more likely than Grealish because I don't think Grealish would be pried away from Villa, whereas Coutinho wants to leave. But there was talk of him going to Arsenal. I mean, that would be devastating if he went there because he could transfer them, and he's basically an Ozil who cares. Ozil is a brilliant player. He just doesn't have the attitude, and if you don't get him the ball, he's not one to go and get the ball. Grealish will go and get the ball. You know, Ericsson had the free roll, so he'd go and get the ball from the defenders. Um, so I, I really think that's what we're missing, unless you know someone can step up and be able to do that. But I haven't really seen too many times where La Celso has pinged it fifty yards like the Fizzer ball. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a real problem. Hoiberg, we definitely need. He'd be my number one target because we definitely need that. Then the Ericsson replacement, Coutinho, or bring Ericsson back. Like I'll get some abuse for that. So, you know, bring Ericsson back, or, or if you can, pry Grealish away. Uh, you, you might be able to get Madison now that they're, they're not in the Champions League. If they'd have got in the Champions League, why would he ever want to leave Leicester? Uh, but again, not sure about that. And if you did, it would be, it'd be a lot of money. Um, but yeah, it's just so annoying. We, we, we had Grealish and we had Fernandez. Levy refused to pay the, the extra bit of money. So I think he's got to step down from, from those transfer things, get a director of football or accept that negotiating like he does doesn't always work. And if the manager says he wants someone, go get him. You're, you're paying Jose Mourinho £50 million a year. You know? If you're not going to listen to him, why even bring him in? Same with Pochettino, he was on about eight million, I think, a year. And like, if you're not going to listen to him, what's the point? Uh, but then you'll go and sack the manager if they're not performing because they haven't got the players. You haven't got the players in that he said, "I want this player." So I'd never understand, you know. So get a director of football who you know you give the money, and then that's it. The director of football does a negotiation, and then they're liaising with Mourinho and then you cut yourself out as the middleman or go and buy the players that the manager wants and just get it done and don't piss about and don't you know try and get the deal of the century again just get the player but how how much transfer money we do have I think we won't know if we're in if we're in the Europa League until September I think because we're in the playoff um so yeah, so we might not even be in the Europa League, but I'd, I'd hope that we'd, we'd get a favourable draw for us or whatever draw we get, we, we'd take it seriously and then go through. And then we are in the Europa League, another competition to win. Uh, in terms of next season, obviously getting back into the top four in the Champions League is a priority. 
uh, as is win a cup. That's what Jose's been brought in for. Like I said, it's, it's not out of the question that we could win the league. You know, you have a good start, you buy a few players in, you have a good start, you get lucky with injuries. You know, confidence builds up and it's difficult to shake. So it's not that, you know, the only way we'll win the league or anyone other than Man City or Liverpool win the league is by having a really good start because Liverpool and Man City will. Yeah. You can't afford to even be like two points down after a couple of games because Liverpool and City won't fall to that much. They'll lose here or there. Uh, and City, you know, will strengthen. Man United are now in the Champions League. Chelsea have been buying their players in. But Chelsea have done what you should be doing, is buying your players in early. So they're now going to be integrated into the team. So come the 12th of uh, uh, September, they're going to know everything, you know, they're going to know exactly what Lampard wants from them and how, you know, they'll have a much better understanding of all the players around them and how they play. But getting the players in early. But that's not what we're going to do. So I, I expect we'll make any signs that we make will be done at the death. But Hoiberg wants to leave. I think they want 25 million, which in this day and age, for someone who's 24, isn't a lot of money in this day and age. Whether we have the money, I don't know. Whether we're waiting to see if we can use Carl Walker-Peters to get like 10 million off, I don't know. But just get it done because we need that. And then get someone like Coutinho in or someone like that. And, you know, We've got Dennis Serkin left back. I think he'll play a few games next season. I think he'll be in the team a lot and certainly in the squad. He's left back, so that gives Davis competition. Uh, he's very highly thought of as well. I think Danny Rose is done at Tottenham now. He'll leave. Uh, either stay at Newcastle or, or there was talk of him going back to Leeds. Um, so I think it, it, it's, it's Davies and Serkin are our uh, left backs. Or, yeah... Who replaces him, Tanganga, after signing a new contract? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, so really three positions we got well, four positions we really need and in priority from my point of view is Hoiberg, the defensive midfielder, the attacker midfielder, the playmaker, the backup striker, and then well actually the backup striker will be last because we do have Sun, and then the right back. Um, so they'd be the three players that I'd look to get in. Uh, the, the striker, if, you, if, if, if it's to be believed, £10 million for Callum Wilson, which again, in this day and age, someone who's 26, not a lot of money at all. Coutinho, loan, so you can work something out there. I know he turned us down previously. He'll want to be in the Champions League, but you know, been linked with Arsenal, they're not in the Champions League, so I'm not sure that that's a big issue for him. But yeah, just... Get the players in because we desperately need them. But yeah, in terms of next season, I think realistic, you know, like I said, it's not a, a, a against the realms of possibility that we'll win the league. It, it's it's not likely because we were so far behind Liverpool this season. But realistically, I think we could win the Europa League if we if we win the qualifier, and you know, or the FA Cup and League Cup. So I, I just want to win a trophy and get back in the top four. Not too much to ask, is it? But we need we need players in, and we need Levy to go and buy the players that Mourinho says he wants. So just get them in, please, Mister Levy. 
Okay, and that's that's it for today. Obviously, only only me on here, so it's obviously a shorter episode. Uh, you might be <laughs> you might be pleased about that, but then the downside is you only get me talking for the whole amount of time. Um, yeah, so we'll do some more episodes uh, during this six weeks. Uh, as new transfer news and things happen. Um, and then obviously we'll come back next season uh, and the, the normal format of a, a, a podcast after every game. So uh, again, any questions or comments you have at L Talk Tottenham. Uh, if, you, if you want to be a guest on here, just dive it, uh, DM that 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 Twitter handle uh, and then we'll be back when some more news comes out or transfer things happen or more rumours uh, talk about them so until then come on you Spurs <laughs>